1: So unfortunately, this kind of brings us full circle back to where we started in terms of you know what on earth do we do you know if we if we accept the fact that you know these are all <clears throat> these are all asset classes that have their time and their place but we accept that actually there's more to lose than there is to gain from investing in them right now yeah what do we do and so there are two solutions that I see as as viable in terms of limiting risk but maximising reward. Before I go on to that, it's worth talking about what the smart money are doing because effectively we take our cue from what the professionals do, um, not necessarily what they're saying, unless it's what they're doing. Now, the reason why I've used this um, cover shot of Al Pacino in the film, Sensible of a Woman, not only is it one of my favorite films, Great film. um, but effectively what he's doing is the waltz and he's taking two steps forward, um, you know, one step sideways. Um, and effectively, he ends up in exactly the same place. And the reason the reason why I've used this slide is because it reminds me of what society does. You know, we know that the markets are cyclical. We know that every seven to 10 years, the market tends to correct itself. But yet we put money into our pension. We can see the mar- We can see our portfolios increase in value. And then after about seven years, after we started to tell everyone that, you know, my portfolio has grown by 100%, we see a 30 or a 40% fall in the value of our our pension. Hmm. So if we know that this is going to happen every seven to 10 years, why don't we crystallize profit? Why don't we kind of, why don't we learn from those mistakes? And I've spent a lot of time thinking about why we continue to make the same mistakes over and over again? Is it a question of intelligence? And I, I don't think it is a question of intelligence. You know, A lot of the clients that we work with are some of the smartest people that I've come across. Some of them are doctors, some of them are surgeons, some of them are mechanical engineers. They've devoted their life and their expertise to things that aren't necessarily financially um, insightful. Um, and so when it comes to things like finances, they have to defer to a third party. And the problem with third parties is that, first of all, opinions often conflict. One person will say X and another person will say Y. And that's a question of democracy and um, everyone has a right to to their opinion. Um, And the second reason, and I think this probably highlights the first reason, is that a a lot of advice tends to be generated from self-interest what i mean by that is whether or not we know it or we don't a lot of the things we say are to help ourselves me included right we can't forget that i'm talking about gold i have a gold company and so i'm gonna have a bias opinion right that and, and one has to kind of you know watch this video with that in mind but at the same time i'm calling myself out on it when we look at when we look at people, third parties, typically we're talking about financial advisors, we're talking about wealth managers. Um, and I don't know, you know, anyone watching this video, I don't know if they've ever had an IFA or a wealth manager, but generally speaking, people tend to make the misapprehension that an IFA's job is to grow people's wealth or to make a client money. When actually, in reality, that's what they tell the client. When they go home at night and they were to explain it to, you know, their family, their children, their job is to grow assets under management, to get people to invest as much as as much as they possibly can, because they're earning a certain percentage of how much they're investing. And so the reason I mention this is because if we go back to 2007 or 2008, um, can you imagine IFAs, wealth managers, calling up clients and saying, listen, I'm looking at the graphs, I'm looking at the fundamentals, things aren't looking good. I would suggest that actually you temporarily take all of your cash, all of your um, liquidity out of the stock market until things start to present um, a far calmer situation. The truth is, I don't think that happened at all because the system is not designed for wealth managers, IFAs, or advisors that are paid based on your money being in the market to make that sort of advice. They can't give that advice. If they give that kind of advice, then they can't feed themselves. And so it's not necessarily their fault. It's unfortunately the system that we operate in. Now I've got a wealth, I've got an IFA that I use, um, whereby I pay a fee. And the value I get from that fee is that he can afford to turn around and tell me not to do something mm. nine times out of 10. He can also afford to turn around and say, I think you should liquidate everything you've got. And he can do that because he's got no vested interest in the performance of my asset classes. Obviously, you know, if I do really badly, I'll end up leaving him at some point. But you know, he's able to kind of look at everything, all options. And one option has to be do nothing. Another option has to be you know, remove all of your market, all of your money from the stock market. So when we look at the smart money, are they making the same mistake? Are they, do they put their money into the stock market? Do they ride up every seven years and then come crashing down? And the truth of it is they can't be. um, And they're not. What I've got, what I've posted here is the smart money flow index. And what this index shows us is the value of the stock market in terms of the S&P 500. And it shows us on that blue line, it shows us the flow of funds coming out of the stock market. Um, But that it will only show institutional funds. So big block sales of, of, of equities from large institutions. It's not gonna log anything that we buy or sell. If you can see the green line continues to go up. This is an example of what I'm showing you. It's not, it's not, it needs, it's not updated. So I recommend you look at an updated version. What you will see is that the trend has continued. The equity price continues to go up. Yeah. But the blue line goes down. And that what that shows us is that the sophisticated professional market are thinking, I don't like what I'm seeing. I'm going to take my take the wealth and I'm 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 exiting the market. You can see that they've made money from X to Y, could they make more money? Possibly. But they're they're thinking about a long-term play as opposed to short-term gain. And also, they're looking at the wider market. And so, you know, they're taking their money out. They're looking at the fundamentals of different asset classes on a cyclical basis. And that involves, you know, physical gold. Where is this money going?
0: And yet the market is still going up. So there must be a lot of new money flowing in from things like pension. Now a lot of people might say that's okay I don't invest in the stock markets I'm not I'm not worried about it but a lot of people are because of their pension schemes their work-based pension schemes are directly invested in these markets and they probably never look at them. If I ask people where's your work-based pension scheme they'll say "It's somewhere I don't know where is it invested I've got no idea and they don't realize that pensions now are not the old defined benefit final salary schemes unless you work for the government or the civil service most people are in these work based pension schemes which depend on the on the on the markets so uh, if if you think you're not invested in the in the stock market think again
1: i couldn't agree more the other thing worth pointing out is that you know the smart money tend to exit markets when everyone else is is rushing in okay and so you you tend to get when people start to see um, reports of record high prices in the equity market, you know, that 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 tends to influence them to buy into something that they they don't know much about, purely because they're trusting the last article that they've read. They haven't been following it for X amount of time. Again, if we go back to John, Dr. John Hussman's um quote, he said that at these levels, equities represent nothing more than a reward-free risk. I want people to remember that because um, the the, the statement for me really resonates. Um, When there's more risk than there is reward, then I think you need to look sideways. The question is, where is all this money going? And we now know, as I said before, at the very beginning of this video, we've seen 1,138 tonnes of physical gold purchased by central banks over the course of 2023. And we've already seen a 15% increase on those figures um, this year. And so central banks are purchasing. We also know from the Royal Mint and the World Gold Council that gold demand is up and a lot of these institutional funds are flowing into physical gold as a contrarian defensive asset class that seek to protect and preserve wealth during times of uncertainty. And so the question is, for us personally, we can see the smart money are exiting um, equity markets, bond markets, property markets. We can see they're purchasing physical gold because it's we, we can see that on the graphs as, a, as per the Royal Mint and the World Gold Council. What do we do as personal investors? You know, if we are if we're, we're either looking for long term safety and wealth preservation, or we're looking for the next opportunity. Either or our opportunities are overlapped. So you can either wait, you can either wait for opportunities passively, and that may um, that may well result in you leaving money in the bank. You know, that has its advantages and it has its disadvantages. We went through that before. Active waiting is is it looks different because you can actively wait for opportunities by putting your wealth, by transferring your your, your wealth sideways. Into an asset class that's physical, that's tangible, that tends to increase during times of uncertainty, but can be liquidated instantly with no tax to pay within certain circumstances, so that you're well primed to take advantage of opportunities as you see fit. Okay. And you know that that's what the smart money's doing. Um, We've got central banks purchasing physical gold. We've got hedge funds purchasing physical gold. We've got family offices purchasing physical gold. Um, The stats and the figures are out there. Um, And, you know, this has been going on for thousands of years. You know, gold predates um, currency as we know it. We're not reinventing the wheel. Um, You know, during every single recession, gold has increased. Commonly held assets have fallen in value, right? We're not... We're not doing something that hasn't been done before. Um, what I've done for the benefit of your viewers is, is we've surveyed all of our clients and we've asked them to provide their top ten reasons as to why um, they've purchased physical gold um, and 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 their motivations. So <clears throat> I'll spend the next fifteen minutes or so running through those quickly, um, and then I'll explain you know how it's possible for people to protect their wealth either by Um, you know, using the money in their bank account or by protecting um, the wealth they've got in their pensions or their SIPs. Okay. So the first thing to note is that physical gold is regarded as a safe haven asset class. When you read the papers or you read articles, gold has always been referred to as a safe haven asset class for two reasons. First of all, um, its intrinsic value will never drop to zero, right? If you're buying an equity... Or a bond, or you're leaving money in the bank. You've got the possibility of that disappearing and turning into nothing. Whereas physical gold will always has it will always have a value um, because there's a finite supply of it. Because it will always have a value, it provides consistency um, and it provides comfort within the market because you can see and you can touch it. People therefore regard it as a safe haven asset class. When people see um a storm ahead then it's the kind of thing that people want to put their money into before that happens if you think of gold as an insurance policy against financial risk you're going to pay less for that insurance policy if those risks haven't started to happen much less when things are good knowing that things can turn at any point is also a very good time to purchase physical gold because not only will those risks be minimized but the price you're paying for gold Is relatively less than where it might go in the future. This panic will show you what happens during a recession or during a crash. This is basically everyone trying to exit the market. If you imagine right now, you can see on this screen everyone running to the, you know, everyone's running towards an exit. But if you imagine that exit being only one small door, people can only get out at a certain pace. And the pace of being able to exit a market means that people that are at the very back of that queue will get a lot less than the people at the front of the queue. And the problem with this is people aren't necessarily they don't necessarily have their finger on the financial pulse throughout every, you know, every waking hour of the day. Right. And and why, why should they? Inflation is something that we hear a lot about um it's something that affects us in 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 real terms because our money shrinks um, if we leave it in an asset class that isn't able to increase more than inflation um the the general definition of inflation is a rise in um a rising costs of um, commodities and services so by definition it includes gold and if you think of gold, if you think of a gold bar or a gold coin. You know, a gold bar has to be has to be explored and extracted from the ground, a lot harder um, than it sounds, because there's not a huge amount of it there, right? And because we're paying people more money to do that because of because of wage inflation, the cost of being able to get that out the ground increases. The energy required for the machines to get that, that, that gold out of the ground increases. The insurance cost in terms of getting the gold that we've we've extracted over to the refiner's increases and the transport cost in terms of getting that gold from the refiners over to the retailers increases so overall the cost price of an ounce increases along with inflation and what that does is it pushes up the value of the gold price of the the gold piece that you're holding now let's say for supposition the gold price falls to below the cost of getting out of the ground. At that point, it stops being mined because it's not commercial enough, you know, for you to mine it. That's the point in which supply starts to restrict and the gold price starts to go up again. So in a way it's almost kind of self, the price becomes self-regulated and that's why people kind of, that's why they see physical gold as a store of wealth and, um, an asset class that provides very little volatility over the longer term can i just say i'll go on sure absolutely you're
0: probably going to cover this now with with inflation and paper money and what paper money you can buy but i'll I'll let you cover that because
1: well feel free to jump in at any point i guess i wanted to just throw in an analogy here because i feel like it 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 works um really well and i can relate to it if we go back to the 1970s a 20 pound note and an ounce of gold were worth exactly the same, right? Ounce of gold was 20 pounds, 20 pounds or 20 pounds. Both could afford um, a man or a lady a a tailor-made suit in Savile Row. If we fast forward to today, um, that one ounce of gold would give you roughly speaking around 1,600 pounds, right? Which is still enough to purchase a suit maybe not in saddle row, but you can still buy that suit. Yes. That 20 pound bill isn't gonna buy you the fare to get into London to find out that you can't afford anything. And so the growth that we're, the growth that you would see from 1970 until today, approximately speaking is around 11,000%. But actually is that 11,000% in terms of growth or is it that currency has devalued so much that actually, it takes so much more currency to buy that same ounce of gold. Probably the latter, not to say that there isn't growth there, but rather than seeing it as growth, what happens is everything around us becomes more expensive. The money we have in our accounts becomes worth less and gold provides a really effective way of being able to keep your head above water. How yeah, that
0: I think that, that, that analogy applies to other asset classes, such as property. When you think of what what property you could buy in the 70s and, and maybe it's the, the currency now is it's just not buying you as much as it did. And I've heard that analogy used going back 100 years and it still applies as well. Even 100 years ago, what a gold coin would buy you in terms of a suit or something like that. You know, you can't compare it to every uh, commodity, but certainly gold has held its value, whereas currency and, and, and the 1970s was when, Nixon took uh, the dollar off the gold standard, which is is also another, perhaps you're going to talk about that, but um, currency is no longer backed by gold in the world now.
1: Yeah, correct. So, you know, that was the whole kind of Bretton Woods. um, And, you know, we saw lots of implications as a result of that. Um, But yes, you know, sometimes people think that the safest thing to do is just leave your money in the bank account because, you know, you're not, you're not faced with with the kind of risks that, you know, the journalists talk about losing your house. But actually, if you do nothing for too long, that's exactly what will happen because you'll find out, you you know, when you get to retirement age, the money that you think you have can't afford you, you know, a fraction of the goods and services that you could have paid, that you could have bought when you started saving. Yeah. Um, economic crisis, I would say, look, during every single crisis that we've seen, people lose faith and confidence in commonly held asset classes like equities um, or bonds and as a result of that um, gold increases there's a there's a, there's a there's a an inverse relationship between um, commonly held assets like equities and bonds and property d- going down and and gold going up and that relationship between gold and those other asset classes again is most prevalent during times of crisis recession um, downturns in the market recession pretty much covered um liquidity is is a really important point because if you are waiting for opportunities you need to be able to to liquidate and to 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 to, to, to get your cash as quickly as possible property i love but actually if you if you're if you're needing liquidity quickly you're going to be at a loss you're going to be at a loose end because, you know, short of remortgaging your property, which has its own downsides, you have to sell. Selling a property, especially in these sorts of markets, can take anywhere in between three three to six months. And yeah. then you get to the end of that period and then it doesn't happen. Um, so liquidity is key. Physical gold provides you with instant liquidity anywhere in the world. Right. So anywhere... In the world recognizes gold as currency you can go to shanghai you can go to belgium you can go to new zealand and they will recognize gold more so than they will the currency that you've arrived in uh, that you brought to that 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 country and they can convert they can liquidate sell that gold and convert it into any currency um you wanted it so and there's, there's a know,
0: worldwide price right there's one price wherever you go right
1: yeah, well, it's it's denominated in dollars, but then, you know, there's an exchange rate from dollars into whichever country you, you wish to, to to sell it in. Um, and so, you know, we, we've we had clients before that have gone to another country and they've had a few ounces on them and they've sold that in, let's say, Thailand. And they're given, you know, that host currency. They're given a far better rate because they're, they're they're given the currency by the country in which they're in, as opposed to converting it um you know through an uh for for an FX company
0: okay
1: um we provide a guaranteed means of instant liquidity through our buyback guarantee um we're one of the in fact there aren't any other companies that do this other than the royal mint. we're authorized distributors for the royal mint, but for us it's a really e- it's it's very easy to position ourselves within a market whereby other providers are providing that instant guarantee. Um, they probably feel like they don't need to because gold's really easy to sell. We do it for convenience and we do it because we like to provide a quick way for people to convert gold into cash so that they can purchase another asset class within a timely manner. Counterparty risk. We can see this evidenced with Lehman Brothers, Northern Rock, SVB. Um, if you've got your money in a company that might not be here tomorrow or next week, then you're having to rely on the um the the lifeblood mm-hmm. of that entity, and so when you're purchasing physical gold, you're not having to worry about another third party, um because effectively you 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 you've you've taken your wealth out of a system <clears throat> that sits in a third party, um in the same way as if you take £100 out of your bank account and you go home and that's all the money you have to your name and the bank goes under, it's very unfortunate. Jobs will be lost, but that doesn't really have much of a bearing on your £100. You've got it, right? You're not having to worry about anything that's happening. Gold works in the same way, but with the difference between the last example is your you've got your asset in uh, – you. sorry, you've got your wealth in an asset class that is inflation-resistant. So it goes up as opposed to becoming worth less. Um, And again, you know, a lot of this kind of falls into the category of black swans because we, you know, some of the biggest businesses that we've grown to trust and expect to be there in the morning could very well demise um, as quickly as that. Mm. We read the news article and actually we would have never have known. And it's either because they had um, too much debt or um, a loan was called in. Or you know various reasons that we can't even account for, um, but counterparty risk is a is a huge huge topic. And going back to what I was saying before, in terms of Meredith Whitney, you know when you put your money in a bank or when you put your money in a fund, when you put your money into um, any investment um, whereby you lack the control over it, there's always that possibility that you might not be able to access it when you need it. Yeah physical gold provides um, the solution to that. So gold can be, you know, some people don't like to have their gold delivered to them at home. And for that, I I completely understand. Some people only want to see it at home or it's in their hands. Um, Gold can be stored safely. It's small, it's nimble. Um, We store it on behalf of our clients within London Bullion Market approved vaults in fully allocated and fully segregated vaults um, that are fully insured. So clients don't have to worry about the safety and security of their wealth and effectively what we're doing, we're not not introducing a counterparty into the transaction because the gold isn't held on their balance sheet. All we're doing is um, renting a vault off them, putting the gold in it and that gold can either be released whenever it needs to be it's not held on their balance sheet. It's audited both internally, externally, and by ourselves as well. Um, diversification, um, it, it, it's simple. Um, there's, a, there's a saying on, on Wall Street, you know, put 10% of your wealth into physical gold and hope it doesn't go up. Um, the reason why people say that is because if gold is going up, it's an indication that the rest of your portfolio May well be dropping in value right um and so when people put their money into physical gold it's not because they're looking for growth it's not it's not because you know they they love physical gold it's because they know that if if there is a risk driven event that results in their other asset classes falling in value that 10 or 15 percent whatever it is will be more than enough to make up the disproportionate fall in the value of their other asset classes. And so it's a it's a proven way of being able to diversify across asset classes and to reduce risk. Okay. Hedge funds do it, um, family offices do it, and our central banks do it. You know, there's a reason why central banks are holding physical gold. There's a reason why our investment banks are holding physical gold. Um, they want to remain diversified. Um, This graph shows us the relative performance of gold and silver um, to other um, asset classes. Um, This falls under the heading of growth. Our clients aren't necessarily looking for just growth. They're looking for protection. They're looking for wealth preservation. But because a lot of people are looking for that benefit, what you end up seeing is the value of gold increasing. Um, And so, you know, some people refer to gold and silver um, as being in a super cycle. Um, You know, between the year um, um, 1999 and 2011, we saw the gold price increase by 630 percent. We then saw the gold price fall by around 40 percent from 2012 to 2015. And from 2015 until now, we've seen the gold price increase by 130 percent. And so we've got lots of banks and analysts and experts out there that believe that we are at the beginning of a, another super cycle. I don't like to use those kinds of words because I feel like it comes across as sensational and and and, and not as considered. But I think when you look at these predictions from uh, banks and analysts, um, the same some of the same the guys that 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 that, that, that were putting out research back in, 2000, in 2007 and two thousand seven and two thousand eight. When they're putting out predictions for gold and silver in the way they are it's an indication of what they believe to happen to other asset classes given the inverse nature and relationship between gold and and other asset classes
0: so that's interesting because if you just go back to that for a second um a lot of people would have expected house prices to be higher than equities actually equities has, has outperformed house prices and the bottom there is is the current account and a lot of people have had their money in maybe not in their current account but in the deposit account it's probably paying a quarter percent um and, and these are not assets you know assets are putting your money into things like property the stock market and, and precious metals um putting your money in a cash isa is is not an asset as such um you're, you're really lending money to the bank to lend out to people who then buy assets but that, that's an interesting graph so gold has performed all those assets, which which most people would think of as property, uh, bonds and uh, equities are the standard assets that people would invest in. I mean, you know, there's fine art, there's there's vintage cars and all the rest of it. But in, in the standard terms of assets that people invest in, gold and silver have, have outperformed them all, which is is interesting.
1: Yeah, I mean, as a caveat, you know, we've included the FTSE 100. So, you know, that's that's 100 of the top Companies, you know, if you were to include the entire equity market, we may well have a, a slightly different result. Also, UK house prices—they're taking into account the entirety of the UK. So, if you were to focus, you know, on, on some of the regional hotspots like London and Birmingham and Scotland, yeah. again, you would see you'd see a different trend. Okay. Um, yeah. What we wanted to do is compare everything with everything. Um, you know, there have been certain areas where people have invested in property. And they found themselves upside down. Whereas, you know, putting your money in London-based property, it's increased probably to the same extent as gold and silver. Death and taxes—not not not as uh, not a hugely lively thing to talk about. But you know, two of the most guaranteed things in in life: we we all die, and unfortunately, we all have to pay taxes. Um, The reason I bring this up is because. with all other asset classes, one has to pay taxes. Um, with physical gold, as a UK resident, if you're purchasing certain types of gold, um, you, can, um, you are exempt from paying any capital gains tax on the game. This is a huge advantage because it works in the same way as an ISA works, but without having to entrust your savings to a counterparty, that being a bank. Um, The reason I mentioned DEF on here is because physical gold is one of the only forms of private investment left today. It sits outside of the banking system. It's not registered on any um, database um, or any central register, like when you're purchasing a car or a house or shares, which means that it becomes an effective transfer of wealth between people, but also within families generationally. So it gives you a little bit more flexibility over things like inheritance. Um, That's not to say you're not gonna pay tax, but it gives you flexibility because, you know, they're things that you can give away as opposed to equities that that fall into probate upon death. Okay. Again, I've just covered private, you know, it's an important element, you know, because effectively um, you've got your privacy over your own asset class. Storage we've covered. And now this is about how I explain, um, you know, how how it all works. So, the first thing the first thing we do is we invite our clients to have a consultation with us. Um, they can do this um, over the phone, um, or they can come in and meet with us. Um, most of our clients, I would say, do this over the phone. Um, we can have a Zoom meeting or what have you, um, and you can book in a consultation online. And it's it's through the consultation that we can explain. Background of the market, um, how it works, when to do it. Um, the, the the consultation can be as detailed or as brief as 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 you want it to be. Um, it's down to you. Um, everyone has a different um, different amount of knowledge and, and different requirement for answers, and so we're more than happy to to kind of go through everything so that customers feel as comfortable as possible. It'll be at this point that we run through the options available and so you know we like to keep things really simple you know because it it really is simple if you go onto e-commerce stores and websites you can see thousands and thousands and thousands of products that it's really difficult to determine why you would pick one over the other we don't do that so we've got uk gold coins we've got uk silver coins we've got gold bars we've got silver bars we keep things simple obviously there's variety within those different products but again you know we like to kind of give an overview in principle and then get into the detail you know perhaps on a on another call um if you're purchasing within a pension and this has been a huge area for us we've seen a considerable increase In the amount of people removing exposure to equities or bonds or property or cash within pensions and SIPS um, to purchase physical gold bars within the same vehicle, and so you know this is an area in which we pioneer in. It's an area in which we can provide that guidance. Again, really simple to do, really straightforward to do. You know, and we effectively we can give you that blueprint in terms of you know how it all works. Like I said before. If you're purchasing outside a SIP, outside a pension, if you're a UK resident, if you take advantage of UK gold coins, you're going to benefit from not having to pay any capital gains tax whatsoever. So not only is that a benefit, but because effectively you're holding an asset class that most people would see as attractive, mainly because it's, it's tax free, you've got something that you know tends to sell um, at a very good price
0: because it is considered the coin of the realm. So it's it's like, you know, a, a currency. And By the way, I found the consultation very useful. I, I used the consultation myself and I spoke to them several times. It's nice to be able to actually speak to somebody when so many companies now don't even want to publish their phone number on, on their website. You have to Google it and find it in the background. Uh, it's nice to be able to speak to someone and just say, well, how does this work? How does that work? Do I pay a VAT? Does it come under capital gains tax? Does it do I have to store it uh, in order to avoid uh, paying tax, for instance, and so the, they answered lots of questions, which would have taken hours and hours of research. I, I, I must say, um, I, I found it very useful.
1: Good, I'm, I'm glad. And <clears throat> what we do as well is we we signpost, you know, various other ways of being able to verify what we're saying, so that you know the information you've got is as independent as it needs to be in order for our clients to make. Um, informed decisions um, but like you say booking in a consultation is really simple and it's really convenient and I believe Charles you're going to provide a link Correct, um, yeah. to help people um, do that at the same time you know people can also download download an investor guide which will give them an insight into how it all works so that they can you know arrive at the consultation with a little bit more information it's yeah, not that, necessary a, it's a very good but, guide as well yeah yeah
0: okay thanks
1: um, once a client feels comfortable with their decision to purchase, with the amount, they complete the purchase order, which is an online form. takes no longer than a minute to to complete. You get sent a copy, and we get sent a copy, um, and that that's kept for as you know, you know that's kept on file. Um, within there, it includes details of our buyback guarantee um, and our certificate of authenticity. You confirm whether or not you want delivery which we provide uh, free of charge uh, and fully insured, or whether or not you want storage, um, we store at London Bullion Market approved vaults. Um, Storage ranges from 0.65% up to 0.95% for gold and up to 1.5% for silver. Um, Those prices are subject to change um, based on how much clients do and of course inflation. a point worth mentioning: everything we do is to minimise risk. So everything that we send out, everything anything that we store, is fully insured by the Lloyd's of London. And if clients ever want documentation or policy documents to show, to show that, um, we're more than happy to oblige. Um, the last thing is, you know, we have a team of numismatists that verify the weight. Um, the description, the authenticity of the gold that we supply to the market. It's a rare it's a rare occurrence because a lot of other companies just don't do this. They don't feel the need to. They would say, well, actually, well, we, we you, you've got a manufacturer's certificate of authenticity. Why would you need one um, from the company which you're purchasing from? Um, what my response to that is, you know, if anything's gonna be tampered with, it tends to be after it's manufactured, after it's left the refinery. And so effectively we give a certificate of authenticity at the point of purchase, you know, we are the last people to touch that metal before it arrives with the customer. And what we're saying is that it's fully certified and authenticated. And that helps you, you know, if you ever decide to sell that gold to a third party that isn't us, um, it also helps you if you ever decide to securitize that gold. You know, if you ever wanna raise money off the back of that gold, um, like a mortgage off the back of gold, you know, the lender, or any third party would want to know that actually that gold is gold and it's been certified and it is what, you know, um, the client says it is. Okay. And again, the buyback guarantee. Um, okay. so the re- the reason we we offer the buyback guarantee is because we spend a lot of time, money, and effort on authenticating the gold. And we know that the quality of the gold is hundred percent. We know of its providence. And so selfishly, when a client buys gold, we want, You know, we want first refusals of that gold because we know of the quality. Um, It's not our right. So clients are free to sell their gold to whoever they need to. Um, But clients tend to sell to us because, first of all, we provide a seamless, um, efficient service. But also we provide the highest buyback prices within the market. And so um, once the transaction is concluded, clients receive updates on buying and selling opportunities. They receive updates in terms of what's happening within the market as it's happening, um, when it's happening. Um, And we provide a whole suite of support and guidance that helps clients either navigate through risk or increase protection, remove exposure, um, throughout the future and so the relationship that we have with our clients doesn't just start and end with your purchase it starts at your purchase and it survives right up until you sell right and effectively that that's that covers um that covers everything from you know wow. why to why not and how it all works and you know my my answer to the uh the journalist on, on Bloomberg wasn't as uh, as detailed as the answer I've given to you um i gave a nut and nuts and bolts answer but effectively the substance was pretty much the same
0: okay that, that's really interesting josh it's a great presentation I, I love the way you've gone through everything in detail um i, I haven't got that many questions it, it was more just to reiterate that when you're talking about tax-free you're talking about gold britannia coins not maple leaves and krugerrands and eagles um and uh, now could you expand on the pensions scheme? because to be honest i hadn't heard of a pension funds being able to buy gold and, and this would apply to people who manage their own pension funds through things like sip self in, self-invested pension schemes not if you're in a work-based pension scheme but um, can you go through the amount of money you'd need to invest in that and how, how that would work i mean i've got a sip but it's with um hargreaves lansdowne and i don't believe they do this sort of thing they they, they only deal with their own types of uh, Yeah, so that is true.
1: I mean, a a lot of a lot of SIPs or pension providers um, may well say it's not something we do, because if you know, look, truth be told, if you're investing in a fund, the SIP company and the pension company will make their money through custody charges and management fees. But it's very difficult to justify a custody or a management charge on physical gold bars unless the pension company going to sit outside the vault under armed guard. Yeah, they're not. So there's not a huge amount of money in it for them unless it's on a volume based model. And so there are lots of SIP providers out there that do it, but there are lots of SIP providers out there that don't do it. The SIP providers that we know or the clients that we uh, the clients that come to us, they they end up using tend to be um, very, very cost effective. I think one of them's around one hundred and fifty pounds per year and they don't charge money based on how much money you have in your SIP which again, I think is the right way to look at it. Um, But it's really simple. If you have a pension or you have a SIP and it's not possible to purchase physical gold within um, those vehicles, within that company, then effectively what you can do is set up another SIP for minimal amounts of money and you can transfer the proceeds of that SIP or of that pension to the new SIP provider. And once it arrives, you can purchase physical gold bars within it. Now those physical gold bars they sit outside of the financial system, so they would sit within a vault within your name that the pension company or the SIP company is a trustee of, right? So they're there to service and, and administer it. Um, you can't release that gold to you personally because it has to sit within the pension. It has to sit within a vault. A lot of a, a lot of clients are doing it, and a lot of clients have been doing it over the last year. I think we've seen almost a three hundred it was a 319% increase in people wow. doing this. Mainly because people get to retirement. Once you've got to retirement and you've seen a 40% fall, it's too late. Right. That's the point in which it's too late. The the consequence of that is you go back to work for another six or seven years, or you have to adjust your lifestyle to accommodate a much lower standard of living. You know, both of those. Both of the, those consequences are, are far from ideal. And so the, the time to do it is with foresight. Um, so when, when clients can see they're lo- that, you know, they, they've either lost five or 10 percent or they, they they stand to lose money moving forward. That's the point in which they move sideways as opposed to one step forward, one step back. Right. So, you know, if let's say they've moved two steps forward with equities to avoid one and a half steps back, they move sideways into a contrarian defensive asset class that is considered undervalued because analysts believe the gold price to increase. And the idea is that they can take another two steps forward and then liquidate and buy equities when they're cheaper in order for them to take another two steps forward. And so- yeah, this that's would apply the rationale, and that's the nut to bolts of it.
0: I think this would apply to people who are sitting on maybe cash, waiting for a, the right conditions in the equity market, and and they're actually losing five to ten percent a year on, on the purchasing power of that cash. So, I, I believe people would be moving their cash holdings into, into gold to preserve the value, and then then waiting perhaps for for another time when they could go back into equities.
1: So is that was that would that be correct? For sure. Absolutely, you know. In a way, that kind of relates to that type of a person perfectly because they're waiting for the right time. You know, there's no there's no good reason for keeping cash in a pension because you're just you're just dying slowly, um, and there's no upside. At least with an equity, you know, the risk might be higher, but at least there's some reward potentially. Mm. And so I wouldn't, you know, look, I'm not a financial advisor, so I'm not kind of, I'm not well placed in giving any financial advice. But if it were me, you know, I wouldn't be holding any cash. And physical gold is is a very good alternative to cash, but also it's a very good alternative to alternatives, um, you know, for, for us to wait out opportunities ahead.
0: Okay, so the, the nuts and bolts of it, if you've got a pension fund that doesn't allow you to invest in gold, you're allowed to have a second fund, and I, I believe it's, it's the minimum is around thirty thousand. Is that right that you can invest? Yeah,
1: it's twenty or thirty thousand is the minimum amount um, that you can that you can contribute into a SIP or you can you can put into physical gold within a SIP. Um, if it's if, yes. it's if it's if it's if it's outside a SIP, our minimum is five thousand. Um, but just going back to what you said some people, because, the, because a lot of these SIPs are very cost-effective, you can afford to have another SIP sitting side-by-side side your other pension or your other SIP um, with just your gold in it. Um, but a lot of our clients actually take the view of consolidating everything and keeping everything within the low-cost SIP. Because, you know, if, if let's say you're not holding anything other than gold and cash, or you've got gold, equities, and cash, there's no reason why all of that can't be held under one roof so effectively you're, cons- you're you're reducing your costs and you're consolidating your sips and pensions okay
0: can we just talk about silver as well for a moment um you know hear about the gold silver ratio um and uh you know silver is often talked about it seems to be a, a lot more volatile silver but yeah i was just wondering what your view on on silver was i mean you know one of these i uh, i i bought a bit of silver in the past um Silver has industrial uses and that sort of thing. I just wonder what your view is on on silver and maybe how much you should be putting in silver as opposed to gold or or, or whatever.
1: Well, silver is is massively undervalued. If if, if we think about gold, uh, silver in relation to gold, the ratio between the two metals um, has always been around 12 to one. So it would take 12 ounces of silver to buy one ounce of gold. And that was the ratio that existed right up until 2006. And then all of a sudden, the gold price went through the roof and it left silver behind. That ratio widened right up to around 90 to 1. So based purely on fundamentals, you've got the majority of analysts that believe that actually silver should be trading today at five times the amount it should be. Right. Should be trading around $100 an ounce. Right now it's trading at. Around nineteen um, pounds an ounce, and so most people believe it to be massively undervalued. If we look at it, if we look at silver in terms of industrial demand, we forget its 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 value as an investment. It's used within, as you said, Charles, industry. It's used within photography. It's used within um, batteries, uh, solar powers, um, electric cars. In fact, in a solar power it takes for every solar power requires 20 grams of silver and for every electric car requires 2 ounces of silver now
0: stripping if, lead off the roof people are stripping off
1: solar panels to get exactly yeah you have people the criminals <laughs> exactly like the like when people used to kind of steal railway tracks for the um the steel yeah um but we we joke but you know With the government and the world plans to go green in, you know, completely in the next kind of seven to ten years, yeah, you've got an asset class that tends to increase during uncertainty because when gold increases, it drags silver up to a higher percentage. So it's more volatile. Its highs will be higher, but its lows will be lower. I saw that in the chart. Yeah, yeah, it's more volatile as a metal over the longer term it provides significant opportunity but uh, and so when we when we talk about uncertainty and gold going up it drags silver up but also when we're talking about you know green shoots to recovery and us looking at uh, us looking at consider- considerable um, industrial demand that represents a boom economy silver also stands to increase so it's very rare that you see an asset class that champions a decline in the market and an incline in the market and so when you see the likes of jp morgan who purchased physical gold i would say every single month and i there was a there, there was one month where they purchased 400 million dollars worth of physical uh, physical silver um, a lot of these hedge funds banks family offices they are cornering the market they're purchasing something that they believe to be massively undervalued. Some of our clients see the opportunity very similar to the gold price back in the 1970s when an ounce of gold was 20 pounds, right? And the amount of times that I've heard clients say, oh God, I I, I wish I bought gold back in the 70s or 80s. What was I thinking? Instead I put it into a car that's not worth anything or I put it into this or I put it into that. A lot of people see silver at the same crossroads that gold was in back in the 1970s in okay. terms of it just representing to the market or the market just realizing how valuable it is based on its potential demand requirements
0: okay and the tax treatment i believe is different when you're buying silver can you just briefly i'm mean, just give you a brief differences in buying silver as opposed to gold with the tax treatment
1: so- so if you're, if you're purchasing silver and you want it delivered, then you're going to have to pay VAT. Gold is exempt from VAT if you're purchasing investment-grade okay. gold. And so most of our clients decide to have their silver stored in a bonded vault, um, still in their name, but that avoids the necessity to pay VAT. So effectively, you can put that extra 20% into silver as opposed to having to pay you know, VAT that you're, you're never going to see back. But
0: it's not stored somewhere in the Cayman Islands or some tax haven. It's stored in a bonded vault in in the UK.
1: It's stored in a bonded vault in Switzerland. Switzerland, okay. So it has to be out of free circulation. And so it's shipped to it's kept in the same institution that we use in this country, which is Loomis International. And they're a public, uh, they're a PLC. So corporate governance is second to none. Um, It's shipped out to a vault in Switzerland. And it's kept within a bonded vault, a little bit like you know purchasing something in the airport, where you're not paying duty or VAT because you're in area of non, you're in an area where it's not free circulation. Okay. So to add to that, you can benefit from capital gains tax exemption if you're going for uk silver coins so in the same way as you're going for uk gold coins you can go for uk silver okay. coins and any gain that you make is completely tax-free
0: yeah i'm just looking at this one i think this is a uk silver coin it's got the britannia thing there yes. so you're you, you avoid i mean there's nothing illegal about this you're just not taking delivery so you won't pay vat uh and i mean i, I I think it's better to have it in storage. I mean, silver's quite a lot to store. It's a lot more, you get a lot more metal for your money. So storing silver, as I found in the past, I was using a vault and you could hardly lift the thing into the vault. Then you had to pay for the vault, like a little bank deposit vault. And then you had, they said, Well, it's up to you to insure it yourself. So they didn't insure it. Um, so I think that makes sense. And and you won't pay capital gains provided it's a it's a British coin. And you're a british resident i guess that applies if you're an american and you're buying an eagle or something i I guess similar things but british most of my my viewers would be in britain and they can buy these uh, in a tax-efficient way and you'd explain this i guess during the consultation if people wanted to uh, buy from you
1: absolutely you know we give that insight so that people know exactly what they're doing before they do it
0: okay well, unless you wanted to add anything more, I think I've covered everything. You've covered everything very, very well. Did, did you want to add anything more? I'm going to put up a link for to everyone to, to be able to talk to you and you can get your free report and have a consultation. And it's not a pushy consultation, by the way. They're not saying, well, you know, it's not like a stockbroker saying you've got to buy now, you've got to buy now. It's not the Wolf of Wall Street. Um, and, and it's a very friendly consultation, nice people. And, you know, I've got no hesitation in recommending the company. Uh, But is there anything else you want to add, uh, Josh? No,
1: you know, there's nothing to add other than the fact just to reinforce what you just said. There's no obligation to purchase. You know, for some people, they come to us, they like to have a good conversation. And it might be that we're arming them with information um, so they can act in the future. And that's fine. You know, don't feel as if there's a kind of unspoken pressure to do something just because, you know, we're talking to you and you're taking some of our time. You know for us you know this may well lead to business in a day it may well lead to business in a year it may lead to no business but you might recommend us to your friends and your family in terms of being a service orientated company and that might lead to business so we you know we we foster a a bigger picture approach um and we just don't want people to think that because they're having a consultation they're obligated to do something
0: okay that's great well, look, thanks very much for your time today, Josh. I know we've probably run over it at my usual length, but I think I, I wanted to get all this in and it's been very useful to get, it, to get the, the, what I would call a great overview of the market and, and what people should do. I mean, you've answered every question that they can answer. So thank you very much. And um, yeah, I hope to be buying more from you in the future uh, and, and talking more about the pension schemes as well.
1: Perfect. Okay. Thank you very much for having me on. Th- thanks a lot, Josh. Take care.